0: hi guys it's anthony from it's out of here podcast i know it's been a minute since like may 1st i believe when i did the podcast with mike Janella, which i definitely appreciate shout out to mike Janella for uh doing the first month of baseball recap with me for the new york mets they went 15 and 7 in the month of april they had an amazing may they had an so, so June, where they went 13 and 12, I believe, in the month of June. And then July, so far to this point, they are 12 and 6 going to the All Star break. So, here we are at the All Star break, guys. So, I'm going to talk Mets first half stats, my top five favorite games to this point through the first half, and also some rumors going around about trades and uh, about DeGrom coming back to the Mets in the next week or so. His sim game is tonight. Um, during the All-Star Game or before the All-Star Game tonight, so uh, talking about the Mets' first half, what an amazing first half they had! Uh, Fifty-eight and thirty-five going into the break. It's the second-best Mets record going through the first half since 1986, being number one um, when it comes to their um, record going into. The All-Star break, so right there, that already says a lot about this team that they have already accomplished their 1988 record and 2006 record, and it came to the first half of the season. So that's already huge. So the stats that I'm going to give you guys is the stats of the first half of the Mets with MLB rankings. So that's all 30 teams and where they're ranked um, in a lot of things when it comes to. Uh, their team themselves so what i have here they are sixth in batting average in the league at 252 which is not bad um and we'll go further into that later on when i talk about trades that are a possibility for this team big trade actually that could be a possibility for this team they are 17th in homers at 92 most of that being um alonzo um Lindor, and Marte hitting the majority of the home runs, and Eduardo Escobar for this team. They are fifth in the league in RBIs with 416 runs batted in as a team. They are fourth in runs scored in the league with 437. They are fifth on on-base percentage at 324, which is beautiful, but we like to see it get a little bit better. One of the main reasons why it's not up to par where we would like it to be is because Nemo has been uh, swinging a lot at the first pitch and um, not really trying to work walks, more trying to get on base with the hit. But he has his occasional walk, but it's not like what we're used to seeing from Brandon Nemo so far to this point of the season. We are seventh in hits in the league at 796 hits as a team. Uh, so offensive numbers totally aren't that bad, the only one that we do need to get better at is batting average um, and home runs and one way to do that is what I'm going to talk about later. Um, For team overall pitching um, stats, they are sixth in team ERA at 3.61, of course the fourth best record in the National League, Uh, I mean in all of baseball actually, they got the fourth best record in all of baseball with 58 and 35 record. Which is outstanding. Uh, they are second in the league in strikeouts behind the Atlanta Braves with 891. That's striking out opponents. That's not the team striking out. That's striking out opponents. Um, they are fifth in whip at 1.18. They are sixth in inning pitched in the league at 829 and two thirds innings. Because we, uh, you know, we've seen Buck Walter work our pitchers, um, especially our starters, past six innings and our relievers at least two innings each uh, for the most part this year, so that's why our innings pitched us up there. Uh, But it's not number one, so there are a lot of teams that are over that. So that could help us in the long run, especially uh, when DeGrom does come back. He's expected to be back, actually, either in the Padres series or the Yankees series coming out of the All-Star break. Uh, his pitch count and his inning limits are probably going to be limited to five, six innings per start uh, when he comes back, uh, unless, you know, he's saying, hey, I'm fine. Get me out there and throw in a little bit more, and I, you know, I'll be fine, you know. So hopefully he could go seven innings maybe from there. Uh, then you also have, we are uh, f- top five best in a runs allowed, allowed in the league um, at the low, top five lowest. So, um uh, 333 333 runs allowed by our pitching staff uh, top five best in errors in the league only 40 errors as a team and which is an impressive number from last year i think last year i know in the first half we probably had at least 60 or 70 errors as a team so that's already an improvement there and we are fourth in fielding percentage at 0.988 so this team makes a lot of great defensive plays uh so Already you're seeing the difference in how this team is producing uh, through this first half and hopefully it continues through the second half. It's just a matter of um, this team staying within themselves, uh, staying confident um, and, and knowing that they can you know, win these ball games and go out there and play hard every day, which they have done to this point. So I don't see any change in that at all happening. So that's the first half stats. A lot of great stats, um, but it can be better, especially in the pitching department, especially in the offensive department. More so in the offensive department, I want to see the changes. Uh, offensively, the Mets need a DH. J.D. Davis, Dom Smith, they're not cutting them. They're just not cutting them. They're not doing their numbers that everybody was predicting. You know, Dom Smith was having an amazing spring training, and then now he can't hit a home run. He hasn't hit a home run in a year. You know, And... J.D. Davis uh, occasionally will come through offensively, but most of the time he'll either strike out or he will ground out into a double play. He won't come through in chances that we need him to. Um, We really need that offensive piece. And one offensive piece that has just been mentioned that's back now in the market, I shouldn't say back in the market, he was never in the market to begin with, Juan Soto. The... um, Washington Nationals have announced that um, he declined a 15-year, $440 million contract deal that could have kept him a national for life, and he said no. Broadcasted out just before the All-Star break that he declined that offer, and now the Nationals are willing to move him during the trade deadline and are listening to offers, mainly from the Mets and the Yankees. And then the Padres and the Cardinals are also rumored to be in it as well. But really, realistically, Padres already got two players that are worth over $300 million each right now. A total, I think, of $700 million between those two players. They really can't afford to uh, sign um, Soto long-term, in my opinion. Uh, So I don't think that's a possibility. The Cardinals don't really have any prospects or Ready Now players that they will be willing to give up just for one player in Juan Soto and also sign him to an extension because they got an Arenado and Goldschmidt that they just signed the big extensions to. So I don't see that a possibility either. Now, the Yankees and the Mets are interesting. The Mets more so have a chance to sign him because we'll have two years of control of him before we even think about extending him if we don't want to extend him yet. Because I know we got to work on extending possibly Nemo, possibly trying to re-sign Grom if he hops out this year, and extending Pete Alonzo. We got a lot to do. Um, so maybe the Mets will just say, hey, let's go ahead and get him right now, show him what New York is like, let him play a full year in New York, and then we'll talk contact, contract extensions. You know, so, and the Mets can't afford to do that. So I really see it happening. And I'm not being biased because I'm a Mets fan, I'm just saying. There's a big possibility this could happen. Um, the only question is, are the Mets willing to give up an MLB Ready Now player, whether that be J.D. Davis or Dom Smith, and or give up their top three or four prospects in their farm system right now? I would for one Soto, because right now, you're trying to win now, right? uh alvarez probably won't come up until september maybe right now i heard he's batting 0.87 in triple a he needs a little bit more time in triple a so he might not come up this year guys it might not happen okay then you got brett Beatty, you got mark vientos you also got ronnie marusio really honestly the mets don't even need ronnie marusio anymore we got lindor for nine more years there's no need to have this kid so I would put him in the trade. I would put Beatty in the trade because we got Mark Vientos. Keep Mark. Uh, maybe give up Alvarez because we just got another catcher uh, during the draft. Uh, Kevin Parada, who's supposed to be like a Mike Piazza uh, type hitter. He's batting three twenty one in Georgia Tech last year with 26 home runs, 76 RBI, something like that for his college team for Georgia Tech. Uh, you know, and if that continues, man, there you go. I mean, you got your other catcher. Um, haven't even been hearing rumors anymore about Wilson Contreras anymore coming to the Mets because he's actually been struggling. He's only got two hits in his last 31 at bats, so uh, streaky hitter right now. So we really don't want that. So my mind is like, get Juan Soto, Steve Cohen. If you're listening to this podcast right now, please, any way possible, because you said you want to win now. This is your win now, right now for this offense. This will get our ba- our on-base percentage up. This will get our home runs up, for sure. And also our average up as a team. I think you put Soto in the lineup, okay? Especially if you put him in the five hole. Think about it, guys. Brandon Nemo, Marte, right? Lindor, Alonzo, Soto, McNeil, Canna, Eduardo Escobar catching position whether it be McCann or Nito that's my lineup and I feel like Juan Soto will have so much less pressure on him with those guys in that lineup covering him than he has right now as a Washington National because right now Josh Bell is their guy and he hits third in the lineup and then fourth is Juan Soto after Juan Soto nobody can produce any runs for that team so if Josh Bell can't come through, it's all up to Juan Soto. Well, in this Mets lineup, you put him fifth. You got all those guys that could score, uh, get get runs batted in. is an RBI machine. Aguado, when he's hitting right, is an RBI machine. McNeil is definitely an RBI machine. Alonso is a top RBI guy in the league. So much less pressure will be on this man if he's on our team right now, and he could switch between DH and right field with Marte. That's just how I feel about it, honestly. Now on the Yankees standpoint, getting him, if the Yankees pick up Juan Soto, you could say goodbye to Aaron Judge. That's just my, are the Yankees really gonna go ahead and get Juan Soto, rent him out for two years, and say, just forget about Aaron Judge after what Aaron Judge has already done this year for the Yankees. 33 home runs, most home runs in the league. And you're just going to drop them because you get Juan Soto? I don't think that's possible. And I don't think the Yankees have all this type of money where they say, yeah, we could afford $400 million to Aaron Judge. Yeah, we could afford $400 million to Juan Soto. The Yankees right now, they need to win a World Series before they can even think about paying Juan Soto or paying Aaron Judge. Both of them at the same time. So I really think it's going to be one or the other. So if the Yankees get Juan Soto, that just tells me probably Judge is out. And now I'll give the Mets a chance to go get Aaron Judge during the, uh, the offseason in the free agent market. So that's why I believe, without being biased, that he is best fit for the New York Mets, especially for their offense right now and how it's been struggling. So many things will improve in the second half if they pick him up. Uh, Also, pitching-wise, who do I want to see the Mets pick up pitching-wise? Well, for a starting pitcher, I want Luis Castillo. Uh, You think about it because you don't know the status of how DeGrom's going to be when he comes back. We already know uh, Scherzer's dominated since he's come back from injury. Thank God. Definitely needed that. But McGill, McGill is questionable. And it sucks for him because he started out so well this year, then gets hurt. He's got his shoulder fatigue now. And now he's got an, uh, a side issue, uh, so he's out longer, um, you know, until August. But can we rely on that, that he's going to come back in August and be as dominant as he was in April? I don't, I don't know, and I'm sure Mets fans don't know. So uh, I would say we should get a starting pitcher. Luis Castillo will be a good fit for this team. And then you've got Walker and Carrasco behind them. Uh, so you'll have uh, DeGrom, Scherzer, Castillo, Walker, Carrasco. That's a good starting pitching rotation to me, in my opinion. Uh, So think about that, guys. Relief-wise, definitely need a reliever. Uh, A reliever that I'm looking at big time is David Robertson from the Cubs. We saw him during this last series that we faced before going to the the All-Star break. He was phenomenal. On point, his cutter was Hutton, brilliantly, beautiful pitches, okay? In the inside corner, just striking people out and also making people break their bats. I mean, he was fantastic. It's a reliever the Mets need right now. We're still in question about Trevor May and how he's gonna do coming back. And Lugo's just not having it this year. Uh, Lugo needs help. (laughs) And if we decide to keep Lugo on this team, He's going to be a middle relief guy because if we get David Robertson, he's going to be our setup guy between him and Vito, and then uh, May. Those guys are going to be the guys that are going to take the ball in the seventh and eighth innings over um, Lugo. I think Lugo will be a long man or a middle man in the sixth inning if we need it um, and just pitch an inning and be done. I don't think uh, I, if I'm Buckshell Walter, I wouldn't stretch him out two innings anymore because it's not working out for him. Uh, He's just not the same pitcher he was two years ago. So I hate to see that for Lugo, but we need help in that regard, and I think that would be it. Uh, So, yeah. um, So overall, if that happens during the trade deadline when we get those three pieces, I hope to God we are world champions. uh, This team already is incredible, let alone we add those pieces and then the ground comes back healthy. You're talking a championship team. And that's what Steve Coleman wants to do, I'm assuming. So, um, hopefully that happens. In the meantime, my top five games of the first half. Okay, you guys couldn't agree with me, disagree with me. Number five for me is Oguado's Escobar's cycle. Just because at the time when he was struggling, uh, it was a boost that he needed in San Diego to get a home run, a single, a double, and a triple, and have six RBIs in a game, and he was the first met in 10 years since Scott Hairston to do it. Uh, so, special moment for him. So, that's, that's number five of the first half for me on my list. Number four is the Keith Hernandez game. And why? Reminded me a lot of 86, and if you look back actually at some tweets that I found after the game, that was the first time that the Mets have won on a walk-off error since game 6 of 1986. And that's what made that special. The ball under uh, Brian Anderson's glove reminded me of Mookie Wilson and Billy Buckner. Who, who didn't think that right away as soon as that happened? And then the pitcher just throwing the ball away to, uh, you know, after the Nito hit right there to uh, get the winning run in. We scored all with two out, all with two out. So that was number four on my list for uh, top games for the first half. Number three is the St. Louis game where we're down two nothing Okay. With one out in the ninth inning. Wind up scoring I think it was three runs, four runs in that inning, and winded up winning the game five to two. Uh, all with one out and two out in the ball game. Coming down to their last strike and Dom Smith, you know, ground ball from the Goldschmidt, thinking the game was over pitcher does not cover in time and McNeil's hustling around the bases and scores to give us the lead. Unbelievable. That was one of the most amazing comebacks I've seen in a long time from this team. And that was the first of what is my number two game of the year. And that was the comeback from seven to one down in the ninth inning against the Phillies. That is my number two game. (laughs) I mean, a lot of people might judge me on that, but um, that game was incredible. The fact that Lindor got it started off with the two-run homer to get us to seven to three. Cannon with the infield hit to make it seven to four. Then you had the uh, JD Davis double that made it seven to five. Brandon Nimmo's two-run single and Marte's game-winning double right after that, all within one out to two outs le- uh, le- left in the game. That was an incredible comeback. That put me to tears. (laughs) uh, Because I haven't seen a comeback like that. I think it was broadcasted after the game in 25 years, where the Mets scored that many runs in the ninth inning to win a ball game. That's, it's unheard of. This year has been that type of year this year. And I think a lot of people have known that and seen that now and are aware that this team is for real. Then my number one game of the year. Uh, Number one game of the year has to be the no-hitter. On the first blackout game of the year where the Mets wear the black jerseys in honor of the 2000 Mets um, and wind up throwing a combined no-hitter, five pitchers, I think, I hope I get this right, Trevor McGill started the game. Tyler McGill, I'm sorry. Tyler McGill started the game. Then I think after him... It was Jolie Rodriguez. Then it was Drew Smith. Then it was Adam Onavino, and then it was Edwin Diaz. I think those are the guys that came into the game. I don't know if that that's the right order, but I believe those are the starters that came in, uh, the player, uh, the pitchers that came into the game uh, to finish that combined no-hitter, only the second no-hitter in Mets history, regardless if it's combined, it's a no-hitter, guys, so that's why it's number one on my list for the top game of the year to this point, and it might stay the top game of the year, period, unless, of course, we go to the World Series and win the World Series, then that game will be number one, <laughs> but until then, hopefully, to God, that happens, because my dad's watching in heaven, so, you know, he's making his magic up there, but now we got to make our magic on the field, and this team It's got so much potential that it's like, we can do it. We have it in our hands right now. We're up two and a half on the Braves right now going into the break. The Braves have had an easy schedule this whole year. We're not going to have it really easy in the schedule until mid september but we got to beat the teams that we need to beat. We got to beat the Braves. We got to beat the Yankees. We gotta beat the Padres. I know we face the Dodgers a couple more times, I think, this year. Um, we gotta beat those teams, man. We have to beat them. And then we gotta take advantage against the easy teams like the Marlins, the Nationals, the Pirates, the Cubs. Um, St. Louis right now is eh, a so-so team right now. Uh, we gotta beat those teams we got to take advantage of these opportunities, and we got to go out there and get one soda. we got to go out there and get a starting pitcher like Luis Castillo. we got to go get a reliever like David Robertson. Uh, and then this team is complete, in my mind. If we do all that, this team is complete. I mean, it's that simple. We're only missing a few pieces that could really help this ball club win. And if DeGrom is on to form, Scherzer stays hot like he's pitching, and our starting pitching staff overall in the last week has been Magnificent. If they stay like that and then our bullpen stays the way they've been pitching, lights out. I don't know if we'll stay at the I'm hoping we move up in the best record in the in the league. Right now we're sitting at number four best record in the league. I would like to be top two by the end of the season and move up two spaces. That would be nice. Maybe to be up there with the Yankees and the Dodgers, you know? So who knows? but we'll wait and see guys, but, um, I know it's been a minute, sorry, I've been so busy with, uh, work, and I moved out of my mom's, uh, got my own place again, uh, things are looking good for me on my end, so, uh, it's been a minute, so I can catch up with you guys, and I'm glad I was able to do that today, um, so, here's to a hopefully wonderful second half of the season, uh, hopefully we could pull it off, um, and, uh, Maybe I'll do a podcast again soon. Once the trade deadline is on, uh, talk about trades. I'll probably do a trade deadline show after the trades are done. Um, and hopefully, Juan Soto will be a Met by then. <laughs> hopefully, David Robinson will be a Met by then. And hopefully, even Luis Castillo will be a Met by then. And, and we have the Grom back and healthy and doing well. Um, and that's all in the next week and a half, guys. So. I'll probably do another podcast then. Until then, guys, just look for me on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, and Anchor. And um, we'll talk again soon. And let's go Mets. Enjoy the all-star break. I'm out of here.